What I want to start here is Romans chapter 8, verse 1. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Let's pray. Our Father, we do thank you for this day, and Lord, for this time, and for the truth of your word. And Lord, we just ask that by the power of your Spirit, that you would please speak to us, that you would encourage us and help us, that you would give us the understanding of your word. Lord, we ask for your blessing. In the name of our Lord Jesus, we pray. Amen. <clears throat> so, what I'm going to be talking about is salvation and fruit. Now, I have a, a title for this one. Makes some people raise their eyebrows and what in the world? It's uh, the Mystic Fruit Bowl Inspectors. Okay. And people will be like, what? Just wait, it'll make sense. The Mystic Fruit Bowl Inspectors. Because we take a look through Scripture again and again. We see uh, from Jesus in John chapter 3 talking to Nicodemus. We see Paul and his preaching, Peter and his preaching. All, all throughout the Scriptures we see again and again about belief is by grace alone. We see we don't believe in our works. We don't believe in our righteous works. We don't believe in works of the law. We believe in the works of Jesus Christ. It is finished, he said. So we believe on him, and it's not by works, it's not of ourselves, the gift of God, not by righteous works, not by works of the law. For if there had been a law which could have given life, verily righteousness should have been by the law. But it's not, it's by faith. Now faith is believing trust, faith is not faithfulness, faith is not works. So again, all down through the scriptures, and we've established this in the previous weeks, and we talked about this kind of thing, that salvation is by grace through faith, by belief alone, period. That's what it is. Now, we then tack on to this, Romans chapter 8, we see in verse, verse 1, there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. Now, the next part here we're going to look at is where um, the workspace will come in, the fruit inspectors, because they say, ah, but the last bit, you know, but, but, there's no condemnation of them which are grace Jesus who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit. So you got to make sure you maintain your walk, or else, or else what? Or else what? So we take a look here. Now, if hypothetically, if this is uh, implying a maintenance of walk, would that then mean that salvation is by works? Yes, that would mean your salvation is by works. If you had to maintain your walk, that for to receive no condemnation, you have to maintain your walk. That means it's by righteous works. So that can't be what it means then. It can't be a salvationary or what's called salvific uh, implication because, well, your salvation is not hinged upon your walk. It's based upon your belief. You believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, you're saved. As what Jesus said to Nicodemus, and they believe on me, you'll be saved. You must be born again. How am I born again? Maintain your walk. No. What must I do to be saved? Go to church, maintain your walk. No. But we see individuals like Paul Washer, Gene Kim, John MacArthur, John Piper, I'm calling them out, and uh, these individuals who preach a form, uh, not that you can lose it, but, but you've got to work towards your final salvation. You have to earn your final salvation. You're not saved and you believe in Jesus. You have to you walk and you work and you maintain and you earn your salvation at the end of your life if you've maintained your walk good enough. 
John Piper is especially on the nose on that one. He flat out claims that, flat out says that. And if you don't believe me, go look it up. But we see these guys uh, where they, it's all so hinged upon, so focused on your fruit. Your fruit. And we see a lot of other works-based salvationists, other systems, other religions like Catholicism, Orthodox, Seventh-day Adventists, Jehovah's Witnesses, the Mormons, all the rest of them. It's all about what you do to earn, to gain, maintain, to keep, or sell the town. So what these individuals are, by definition, are fruit inspectors. And that's why I call it the, the mystic fruit salad, where it's all about the fruit. They're so focused on the fruit. I've got to maintain fruit. I, got, I have to manifest fruit. If I'm not showing enough fruit or good enough fruit, then maybe I'm not saved or I lost my salvation or something else, that somehow, some shape or form, this fruit, this mystic fruit, earns to gain, maintains to keep, or self-atones, or some, some, on some level, affects my salvation. That's heresy. That's absolute heresy. Your fruit, your deeds, do not affect your salvation in any way, shape, or form whatsoever. We take a look at John chapter 1. Hold your finger there. Go to John chapter 1. John chapter 1. Now, as you're going there, now, according to the Word of God, when are you saved? <laughs> saved from the condemnation, saved from the wrath, saved from the judgment, saved from the damnation of your sins. When are you saved? When you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord God and Savior. That's what Scripture says. As we see in John 3, that uh, about uh, salvation and about condemnation, that about those that have not believed are condemned already, but those that have believed, there is no condemnation. We see in Romans 8, 1 again, no condemnation than which are in Christ Jesus. When are you placed in Christ Jesus? At, at the end of your life and you earn your final salvation or when you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, the jailer says, what must I do to be saved? Do to be, which is a present tense right here, right now, at this moment. What, what can I do? What must I do to be saved? Well, you, you'll have to wait on that one. It's, it's coming in the mail. You know, you, you, you purchase it now, but uh, there, there's the shipping cost. You've got to wait at the end. You've got to pay the shipping cost. You know, it's down at the end of your life. You, you finally receive it. Kind of thing. There's special hidden fees. No, no, no. It's instantaneous. Romans 10, 9 to 10. You confess with the belief of your heart. You're saved. You are saved. It's an immediate thing. John Piper's a flat-out heretic. He says, no, you're not. It's something you have to earn towards. That's a that's flat-out heresy. And we see, though, in John chapter 1, verse 13. Now, back up verse 12. John 1, 12. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, which were born, born again, not of blood. Now, the context here, we take a look. This is about my blood, your blood, our human blood. Look at this. Which were born, born again, not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. So by that, we see that my blood, my will, my power, anything that is of my being has no bearing on salvation. That's what that says. And to quote uh, Jonathan Edwards, a great preacher, Jonathan Edwards, 
He said, I bring nothing to the table of my salvation other than the sin that made it necessary. So by that then, because I've been counseling a number of people the past while, there have been a number of people, and, I, and one individual I was talking to yesterday, uh, that uh, needed me to talk to them about this, just to, about assurance and just go over a couple things. And it's just, it, it breaks my heart every time when individuals bring up either how uh, their, their personal inability, they don't feel, feel close to God or something like this, or that they're not good enough, they're not maintaining this good enough, or, or these other preachers told them, well, if you don't do this, don't do this. There's one preacher down in the States that uh, guilty of this. I think his name was Yankee Arnold or something like that. First name is Yankee anyways. He says, well, if you don't, you don't maintain yourself right, God is going to beat the tar out of you. I gotta be careful not to say things I have not. But that is just absolute garbage heresy. There's heresy and there's garbage heresy. That's garbage heresy. He's not some mean, vindictive monster up there ready to club you over the head if you step wrong. That's not how God works. But as you see, it's not of ourselves. So what about my sense of inability? What about my, my, I can't do this right, I can't maintain myself right, I can't talk right, I can't do things right, I'm always messing up and I, I feel far from God or I just can't seem to maintain enough fruit. What about that? What about it? Doesn't affect your salvation. Doesn't affect God's closeness to you. He says, I will always be with you even when you feel like you're not near me. He says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Even if you feel like or seem that you're not that close to him, you can't do anything right, and you seem to always be messing up, falling into trial, tri tribulation, and, and struggling sins or whatever. He says, I am with you. I'll always forgive you. I will always hold you. Nothing can pluck you out of my hand. That means you can't pluck yourself out either. That's what Scripture says. So what we wind up being is our own mystic fruit bowl inspectors. My bowl doesn't seem to have very much. And, you see, the thing about this, though, that we also need to understand is the fruit that we wind up bearing. Now, please pay attention to this. The fruit that we wind up bearing is not our own fruit. It's not your fruit anyways. It's not your fruit. It's his. It's his. It's, I can do nothing, uh, nothing good in the first place. I have no goodness. I have no righteousness. I have no ability in myself, in and of myself, to do anything right anyways. It's him. I live, yet not I, but Christ lives through me. It's his fruit. Because he is my sanctification. He is my righteousness. He is my holiness. He is my, my robe of righteousness. He is all of my armor. He's the shield. He's the sword. He's the word. He's the lamp. He's the water. He's the bread. He's all things to me. I'm nothing. I'm nothing but a talking stone. That's all I am. I'm, I'm just uh, but an instrument. Like I talked about this past week. Does the, does the hammer in the hand of the carpenter complain that it's hitting the nail right? Do the instruments complain about the being used right? Or do they just are held by something else that's using them? It's not the hammer's fault. 
So we see, rather than looking at ourselves, see, well, I'm not quite striking it just right. Does the saw complain about uh, being used right? No. We see that given over to the Lord, He is our righteousness. He is our sanctification. His Spirit speaks to us, shows us, tells us what to do. Yes, there's an aspect there about our walk and walking with Him. But He's not the kind of carpenter that will lose His temper and whip the hammer across the yard because the hammer's not hitting the nail right. He's infinitely long-suffering, gentle, good, kind, meek, and humble. This is our Lord God of mercy and grace and long-suffering. So we see the fruit, as you see in Galatians. I'll go over to Galatians just for a moment. In Galatians chapter 5, go down to verse 22. What is the fruit that is manifested? It's not going to church. It's not reading your Bible. It's not uh, the charity and all these other things. But rather what we see, the fruit that is born is not the fruit of the hands. Not the fruit of the hands that we pay attention to. Because now we're looking at the wrong fruit bowl. The proper fruit bowl we see in Galatians chapter 5 verse 22. Galatians 5.22. But the fruit of the Spirit, because when we believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, we're indwelt by the Spirit of the living God, Ephesians 1.13, Ephesians 3.17, Ephesians 4.30, and on and on, John 14 and 16, on and on, indwelt by the Spirit of the living God. When the Spirit of the living God lives inside of you, as was said earlier, there's going to be a change because wherever God is, it's going to affect that area. It's impossible to have the spirit of the almighty living God inside of you and not have some form of manifestation of his presence. Now, what is the manifestation of his presence? Works. Or. But the fruit of the spirit is love. Joy. Peace. Long suffering. Gentleness. Goodness. Faith. Meekness, temperance, against such there is no law. And they that are Christ's have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts. If we live in the Spirit, look at it, verse 25. If we live in the Spirit, there is now therefore no condemnation there which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh but after the Spirit. We're in the Spirit, in Christ, or in Jesus. We are in Him presently. It's not something that's coming down the road. It's an immediate right here, right now. We are in Him. We are in His hand. If we live in the Spirit, if you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, you are in Him. But And if you are in Him, we, if we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. These manifestations, the fruit that will be born, that will be shown is love, love of the brethren, love of the faith, love of the word, love, love of the Lord, of what he says. We see conviction, conviction of righteousness, conviction of unrighteousness. These are the fruits, the things that we look at. So, so we see a person, because every dog and his brother claims to be religious in some level, shape, or form. People, tons of people go to church, but they're not Christians. Tons of people read their Bible, they're not Christians. Tons of people sing the hymns, they're not Christians. Tons of people do tons of things there to look at them. Oh, that person, look at the way they are there. They must be a Christian. That's not 
That's not the evidence. The evidence is uh, the evidence of the Holy Spirit, not evidence of you. Not your flesh, but the Spirit. It's the fruit of the Spirit, not the fruit of the flesh. You see, the fruit of the legalist, like Gene Kim online, he goes on and on and rants and stuff, well, you shouldn't do this, you shouldn't do this, you shouldn't eat this, you shouldn't eat this, you shouldn't... <laughs> You shouldn't eat Lucky Charms because there's a leprechaun on the box and that's sin. I'm like, really? You're judging your salvation by what cereal you're eating. Are you serious? Well, the fruit that I'm saved is I'm not eating that cereal. <laughs> really? That's fruit of the flesh. That's not fruit of the Holy Spirit of God. God doesn't care about what you're eating, what you're drinking, all these things. It's not what enters the man that defiles him, but what comes out of the heart. Please turn to Mark chapter 7. Mark chapter 7. Some people get so focused, so focused on maintaining fruit of the flesh, maintaining fruit of the appearance, maintaining fruit of the hands, maintaining fruit of the feet. You got to have your hair cut just right. You got to have your makeup just right. You got to have your clothes just right. You have to be, don't eat this, don't eat that, maintain this, maintain that. That's Phariseeism. That's Phariseeism. That is not, that's not of the Spirit of God. That is not Christianity. That is not what the Lord says. Take a look at Mark chapter 7. Let's take a look at verse 5. Then the Pharisees and the scribes asked him, Why walk not thy disciples according to the tradition of the elders, but eat bread with unwashed hands? I absolutely love this passage. I absolutely love this bit where the Pharisees came and did this. I think this is one of the most hilarious passages of the entire Bible. You want to know why? These Pharisees walked for two days from Jerusalem. They walked two days to find Jesus, to call him out because your disciples are washing their hands. Like, that, they, they took that as something so serious that that, that that washing your hands makes you close to God. Mystic hand soap. Really. But they call out Jesus because the disciples weren't washing their hands and they were eating. Oh no. But look at verse 6. And he answered and said unto them, Well, has Isaiah prophesied of you hypocrites? As it is written, this people honoreth me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. Howbeit in vain do they worship me, teaching for doctrines the commandments of men. Denominational distinctives, churchianity. For laying aside the commandment of God, ye hold the tradition of men, as the washing of pots and cups and many other such things ye do. And he said unto them, Full well ye reject the commandment of God, that ye may keep your own tradition, your own religion, your personal religion. For Moses said, Honor thy father and thy mother, and whoso curseth father and mother, let him die the death. But ye say, If a man shall say to his father or mother, It is Corban, that is to say, a gift, by whatsoever thou mightest be profited by me, he shall be free. And ye suffer him no more to do aught for his father or his mother. Making the word of God of none effect, through your tradition, which ye have delivered, and many such like things ye do. And when he called all the people unto him, he said unto them, Hearken unto me, every one of you, and understand. All right. Are you reading? Verse 15. <clears throat> there is nothing. Okay. Nothing. 
from without a man that entering into him can defile him. But the things which come out of him, those are they that defile the man. If a man have ears to hear, let him hear. But, but, but what about this? But what about this? But what about, what if you're not doing? There is nothing. Nothing. <laughs> not lucky charms. All right? No lucky charms. No, uh, you're not wearing the right suit. You're not doing this right. Not eating that right. Not drinking this right. Not watching this right. There's nothing from without a man that can defile him. Okay? And when he was entered into the house from the people, his disciples asked him concerning the parable. And he saith unto them, Are ye so without understanding also? Do ye not perceive that, verse 18, that whatsoever thing from without entereth into the man, it cannot defile him, because it entereth not into his heart but into the belly, and goeth out into the draught, purging all meats. And he says, that which cometh out of the man, that defileth the man. That which comes out, what comes out is what defiles you. Not what goes in, what goes out. For, no, for from within, out of the heart of men, proceed evil thoughts, adulteries, fornications, murders, thefts, covetousness, wickedness, deceit, lasciviousness, an evil, an evil eye, blasphemy, pride, foolishness. All these evil things come from within and defile the man. What comes out of the heart. So, okay. All right. So what fruits then, what things are we to look at we see Jesus says, judge not after the appearance. Well, did you see what they're watching? You see what they're watching? Okay, that, that's, that's not what we're looking at. It's not what they're watching, what they're eating, what they're drinking, what they're wearing, or where they're going. It's what they're believing. So you don't encourage the person, make sure, get yourself to church. Get yourself to church. No, you should want to. It's what we encourage is the want to. We encourage the want to. We encourage the want to witness. The want to pray. The want to spend time with the Lord in His Word. The want of charity. The want of love. That I want to do these. Not, not that I have to if I don't do this or else. No, that's the workspace. That's fruit of the flesh. Fruit of the heart. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. That these are things that come out of the heart of the Spirit of God. This is the evidence we look for. Conviction of the Spirit of God within you that makes you want to do those things. Want to walk in righteousness. Want to follow Jesus as a disciple. I want to, not have to. The workspace, like Paul Washer, Gene Kim, MacArthur, Piper, and all the rest of these guys, these kinds of guys, hammering on, hammering on, and guilt-tripping, 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 guilt-tripping. By, by, well, if you're doing this, you're doing that, not doing this, not doing that. And one preacher said, well, I haven't sinned for 30 years. <laughs> really? You just did. You lied. And men say he's not sin, he's a liar. So we take a look. It's not about, well, I haven't done. I haven't done. No, 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 no. That's, that's nothing. 
That doesn't mean anything. As Jesus said, to the, said about the Pharisees, look how beautiful they are. Look how beautiful they look. They look gorgeous. They look beautiful with the robes and the things they do, but inwardly they're full of rottenness and dead bones because it's what's inside the heart that matters, not the hands. Not that I'm doing or not doing, but what I'm believing, what I'm holding in my heart. That's the fruit that matters. All other fruit will rot. Because it's the fruit of hands, but the fruit of the Spirit is everlasting fruit that never decays. It never rots. It never fades away. We look at the Spirit of God. The, the more we focus on Jesus Christ and Him crucified, buried, risen again, the more we see Him and what He's done, that it's His works. Those are everlasting works. That's the fruit of everlasting life. That's the water of life, the bread of life, the fruit of life. His fruit, the fruit of the Spirit as we look at. I don't, it's not about my fruit. Am I doing this right? Is He working through me? It's about Him. The conviction of sin comes from His Spirit. Not about, am I maintaining repentance? You just turned repentance into what works. Repentance is not works. Repentance is the heart state acknowledgement of the sin state. Where does that understanding then come from? Him. Jesus Christ, His Spirit, is showing me, teaching me all things and causing me to be in remembrance of everything. It's not about the lucky charms. It's not about the fruits of the hands. It's not about me doing or not doing, maintaining or not maintaining. It's about Him living through me, that I no longer exist. I'm gone. I live, yet not I, but Christ lives through me. Dying to self, dead to self. It's not of me. It's not about me. There's no condemnation. So my doing or not doing cannot affect my salvation. It does not affect God's hold on me because I can't hold on to anything, right? I'm not good. I, I have no strength, no power, no will, no blood that can affect my salvation. I have no way, shape, or form to hold myself. It's not my hold on him, but his hold on me. It, so the fruit that we look at, the fruit that we inspect, as we talk about the evidence of salvation is the evidence of the Holy Spirit, not the evidence of me doing things right. It's the evidence of the Holy Spirit, that where the Holy Spirit of God will be, there will be evidence. Because think about it, as was said, can it even be remotely possible that the Spirit of Almighty God could be in a person and there be no evidence? No. Because where God is, because He hates sin, thou hast loved righteousness and hated iniquity in the Lord, even thy God hath anointed thee with the oil of gladness above thy fellows. So we see that where the Lord is, there will be love of righteousness, hate of iniquity. There will be conviction of sin, conviction of righteousness. There will be love of the brethren, love of the faith, love of Christ. This will be manifested. And there will be just an absolute hatred of blasphemy, hatred of sin in these things. Some people say, well, but what if, and they make up, try to make up hypothetical situations to make all this null and void. But what if someone believed on the Lord and then went and did bad things? Okay. Show me a Christian that doesn't. Well, what if they, what if they stay in that? I'm like, okay. Well, you can't lose salvation. You could have not gotten saved in the first place. But the other thing I, I always like to throw back at them is, well, when did the prodigal son cease to be a son of his father? Was there evidence? 
And when he wandered away from his father, went into the world and lived in riotous living, spent his, his livelihood in, with harlots and everything else, riotous living, then ended up with the pen with the pigs. It didn't really seem like there was much fruit, did it? Or was there? You see, from our perspective, from our perspective, if we were to make that a personal thing, and if I was like the prodigal son there, you were to look at me and say, well, I don't see any evidence. Okay, but that's judging after the outward appearance. What you can't see is the inner turmoil. The inner turmoil that is not manifested to the public society. We can't see that. We don't see this, the work of God upon the heart. And a lot of us are pretty good at putting on a good mask. Put on a good mask. We don't really show, like, we're going to have an absolute horrific week. We come to church Put on the big smile. Hey, how's it going? Oh, it's fine. I'm good. We're all liars. We all do that. But you don't see is the turmoil, the conviction, and the work of God upon the heart of the person. So that's why we've got to be careful with judging after the appearance. Uh, because I don't see evidence doesn't mean that there, there isn't any. So that's why we've got to give it to the Lord. And instead of of hammering on maintenance and physical works, rather we encourage belief. We encourage belief. Belief on the promises of God, belief on the gospel, belief and understanding of Jesus Christ. This is what we maintain. Because if there's love of Christ, belief of his word, the rest will fall. The rest will follow. You don't, and you, in many cases, don't even have to tell a person, well, you shouldn't be doing this, shouldn't be doing that, because it'll just come as a byproduct. Because the Lord will show in his word such a, such a thing is sin, and, th and this is righteousness. It comes naturally. Out of you will flow the springs of living water. The, the works come as a natural byproduct of the belief of the Lord Jesus Christ. But the works-based... The mystic fruit bowl inspectors, they bypass Christ and they look straight to the physical, the physical fruit. Well, I, I don't see, I don't see. And they make themselves the judge, the divine counsel, so to speak. Uh, they stand in the place of God and judge your salvation based upon whether you did or didn't do this. Didn't maintain, maintain this. Oh, you didn't cut your hair right. Some churches stand at the little ruler to measure your hair to make sure it's the right length. You're not carrying that right. You're not dressed this right. You've been watching that, been doing this, eating this, drinking that, and whatever. You're judging after the appearance, and you're not judging the belief of the heart. You're not judging the doctrine coming out of the heart. What about the doctrine coming out of the heart? Where's, what, about, what do they say about the Lord Jesus Christ? Jesus sat the publicans and sinners, and, and they called him a wine-bibber and a glutton. That many, many people today, like some of these preachers here that I mentioned, if they were back then, they would have called Jesus out like that. Many works-based, law-based, uh, uh, professed Christians get so focused on the outward maintenance that they don't understand and focus on the belief of the heart. What if they believed on the Lord Jesus Christ? They are born again, say they're just struggling. What if they're depressed? What if something else going on in their life you don't know about? And yeah, there may not be that much evidence. Maybe they fell into a lull. Maybe they're struggling. Instead of focusing on doing this and this and that right, rather what about encouraging the joy of the Lord? Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, jealous, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Is that manifested? Is that seen? Do they love the brethren? 
Do they love hearing the word of God? Is there conviction of sin, conviction of righteousness? There's no condemnation, so who are we to condemn one another? All because we don't see another doing exactly as I'm doing. It's a want to, not a have to. And I'm bringing up some of these things as more of a rebuttal against the things that some of these other preachers have said and done. There are individuals that I've counseled who have been broken to such a degree that some of them actually have PTSD from being screamed at for years and decades even that they're, that they're not maintaining fruit properly. You can't do this, can't do that. I had one person come to me and ask me for help because their preacher told them to take all their furniture out in the yard and burn it because it had paisley patterns because paisley patterns are faces of demons and you're having that in your home, that means you're not of God. Are you for real? Are you for real? And these people are absolute, just terrified. They're going to hell because they had paisley pattern in their home. Are you for real? But th this is... This, this is the Pharisees judging after the appearance. We have this in your home. You're doing this. You're maintaining that. Jesus says not, it's not of the outward. It's not what enters in. It's what comes out of the heart that truly matters. What comes out of the heart. Where is the love of Jesus Christ? The fruit that we inspect. The fruit that we maintain. The fruit that we focus on is the fruit of Jesus Christ, not mine. Not my works, but thine. It's his righteousness, his sanctification. It's his fruit. It's his work, his power, his blood. It's his righteousness, not mine. I have no good. I have no righteousness. I am nothing. I am a stone. That's all I am. He scraped us together from the ground, from the dust of the ground, breathed into us the breath of life, and created a living soul. And then Jesus even said, said uh, says, if these hold their peace, the stones of the ground will cry out. John the Baptist said, he is able of these stones to raise up children. Just to show, and as Paul says, I am but a worm and not a man. Who am I to think that I have any value, that I have anything, but he made me worthy. And then he works through me, and he manifests through me. It's his work. It's of him. So what do we do when we get depressed and we feel that we're far from God? We feel that something's missing. We feel that I'm not good enough or I'm not doing this good enough or I feel that I don't have enough fruit. Join the club. No one does. No one is right. In and of ourselves, we are nothing. Now you're beginning to understand your inability. You're beginning to see your frailty. You're beginning to see how before the Lord you have no good. And once we understand that, we can finally get out of the way and stop messing up. Start, stop trying to get our hands in the clay to mold ourselves and to let the potter work by himself. Instead, we step back and we thank him and praise him that he holds us regardless of our inability. Regardless how weak we are. Regardless how much fruit that I'm able to bear. Like the little child, I'll end with this. Like a little child running up to the parent, says, look, look at the picture I drew, look at this. You understand, it's just a little kid drawing and all that, but you smile and you, yeah, that's good, that's good, that's good. 
and look at the master's art. Or the ch children of the master. Yes, that, that's great that you did that. Look at this. Yeah, he smiles and he's pleased with, with us trying. We strive for the mastery of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus, but in our striving, we'll never master. Nobody's a master. Nobody's an expert. Nobody's perfect. Nobody's good enough. And he takes us, sets it on his knee, and he rejoices with us in this, and he's pleased with, with us in this, yes. But sometimes we can get so focused on this that we don't pay attention to who our father, who our master is. He rejoices in this, but then we think that because God rejoices in this, that, oh, that's the focus then. We're just children. We're little children without a full understanding. And yes, if faith of a child, faith in what? That I can, that I can please him? That I have to earn his pleasing? I have to earn his favor? No. Rather, his favor and all this is, is given. It is given because he gave us his son. This is what we focus on. This is what truly matters. This is what truly pleases him when we rejoice in what he has done. It's his glory, not mine. I'm but a child trying to impress God with a little drawing when I try to bring my fruit to the table. It's also the sin of Cain. So let us be careful beginning, becoming too focused on our fruit. Rather rejoice in, and rejoice in his fruit. His fruit through us. This is the evidence of salvation, the manifestation of the spirit of the living God. But where there is the living God, there will be evidence. This is how we are to properly understand this. Faith that works is dead. But understand that James is talking to Christians who are already saved, and he's talking about charity and Christian behavior for the purpose of promotion of the faith, not maintenance of salvation. Because those that are truly born, you could say you're a Christian, but where's the evidence? Well, I did, I did, I did. No, 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 I believed. As 1 John 5.13, that ye may know that you have eternal life. Why? Because you believed. Our Father, we do thank you and praise you for this day. And Lord, for your great work, for your power, your blood, your will. And Lord, that it's not ours. That Lord, it's your fruit that what we are able to do is just because you have told us, you have shown us. Lord, you have taught us. And Lord, it's all your work. It's all your sanctification. It's all your righteousness. It's all of you. And Lord, we thank you and praise you for this. And Lord, I pray that you'd help us to focus more on you and less on ourselves. Lord, that you would help us to understand this. And Lord, protect our minds from those that would try to distract us and get us hindered off on tangents and false doctrines. Lord, that you'd protect us from wolves and from the goats. And Lord, that you'd draw us as the shepherd. Show us your work that, Lord, it's the field you have found. It's the water you have provided. Lord, I pray that you'd help us to focus on your fruit. Lord, we thank you and praise you for all these things. And, Lord, that you would bless us and strengthen us and help us as we go our way. In the name of our Lord Jesus, we pray. Amen.